Chapter Twenty of Howarths. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Michelle Eaton. Howarths by Francis Hodgson Burnett. Chapter Twenty of Howarths. Miss French makes a call. The following Sunday morning. The congregation of Broxton Chapel was thrown into a state of repressed excitement. Howarth's carriage, with a couple of servants, brought his mother to enjoy Brother Hickson's eloquence. To the presence of the carriage and the servants Howarth had held firm. Upon the whole, he would have preferred that she would have presented herself at the door of Broxton Old Church, which was under the patronage of the county families and honoured by their presence but the little woman had exhibited such uneasiness at the unfolding of his plan of securing the largest and handsomest pew for her that he had yielded the point. "'I've always been a chapel-going woman, Jem,' she had said, "'and I wouldn't like to change, and I should feel freer where there's not so many gentlefolk.' The carriage and the attending servants she had submitted to with simple obedience— there were no rented pews in Broxton Chapel, and she took her seat among the rest, innocently unconscious of the sensation her appearance created. Every matron of the place had had time to learn who she was, and to be filled with curiosity concerning her. Janey Brierly, by whose side she chanced to sit, knew more than all the rest, and took her under her protection at once. "'That's getting the wrong in book.' she whispered audibly, having glanced at the volume the servant handed to her. "'We do not use Wesley at the time. We use Mester Hickson's songs of grace. That can look on with me.' Her delicate attentions and experience quite won Dame Howarth's motherly heart. "'I never see a sharper little thing,' she said admiringly afterward, "'nor an old-fashioneder. There wasn't a text as she didn't find immediate, nor yet a hymn.' "'Bless us,' said Mrs. Briley, laboriously lugging the baby homeward. "'And to think of her being the mistress of that big house, "'we all them chaps livery at her beck and call. "'Why, she's now but a common body. "'Jane Ann. "'She thanked thee as simple as any other woman might a done. "'She's no unquality. "'She's getting her silk gown on, but it were a black un, "'and not so much as a feather in her bonnet. "'I'd had a feather if I'd a been her. A feather sets a body off, but there's allers the road wi folk as us brass. They never know how to spend it. Nay, said Janey, she is nay quality, but she's getting a nice way with her. Howarth is nay quality hissen. She were a nice spoken old body, commented Mrs. Briley. Seemed like she took a fancy to thee. Janey turned the matter over mentally with serious thrift. "'I shouldna mind it if she did,' she replied. "'She'll a plenty to gee away.' It was not long before they knew her well. She was a cheerful and neighbourly little soul, and through the years of her prosperity had been given to busy and kindly charities. In her steadfast and loving determination to please her son, she gave up her rustic habit of waiting upon herself, and wore her best gown every day, in spite of pangs of conscience. She rode instead of walked, and made courageous efforts to become accustomed 
to the size and magnificence of the big rooms but notwithstanding her faithfulness she was a little restless not being used to it she said i get a little lonesome or so sometimes though not often my dear she had plenty of time to feel at a loss her leisure was not occupied by visitors broxton discussed her and smiled at her rather good-naturedly than otherwise it was not possible to suspect her of any ill but it was scarcely to be anticipated that people would go to see her one person came however facing public opinion with her usual calmness rachel french who presented herself one day and made her a rather long call on hearing the name announced the little woman rose tremulously she was tremulous because she was afraid that she could not play her part as mistress of her son's household to his honour when miss french advanced holding out her gloved hand she gave her a startled upward glance and dropped a little curtsey for a moment she forgot to ask her to be seated when she recollected herself and they sat down opposite to each other she could at first only look at her visitor in silence but miss french was wholly at ease she enjoyed the rapturous wonder she had excited with all her heart she was very glad she had come it must be very pleasant for mr howarth to have you here she said the woman started a flush of joy rose upon her withered face her comprehension of her son's prosperity had been a limited one somehow she had never thought of this here was a beautiful high-bred woman to whom he must be in a manner near since she spoke of him in this way as if he had been a gentleman born jem she faltered innocently yes ma'am i hope so he's he's told me so then she added in some hurry not that i can be much company to him it isn't that if he hadn't been what he is and had the friends he has i couldn't be much company for him and as it is it's not likely he can need an old woman as much as his goodness makes him say he does rachel french regarded her with interest he is very good she remarked and has a great many friends i dare say my father admires him greatly thank you ma'am brightly though there's no one could help it his goodness to me is more than i can tell and it's no wonder that others see it in him and is fond of him according no it's no wonder in a tone of gentle encouragement the flush upon the withered cheek deepened and the old eyes lit up he's thirty-two year old miss said the loving creature and the time's to come yet when he's done a wrong or said a harsh word he was honest and good as a child and he's honest and good as a man his old mother can say it from the bottom of her full heart it's a very pleasant thing to be able to say remarked her visitor it's the grateful pride of my life that i can say it with fresh tenderness and to think that prosperity goes with it too i've said to myself that i wasn't worthy of it because i couldn't never be grateful enough he might have been prosperous and not what he is many a better woman than me has had that grief to bear and i've been spared it when miss french returned to her carriage she wore a reflective look when she had seated herself comfortably she spoke aloud no there are ten chances to one that she will never see the other side at all 
there is not a man or woman in broxton who would dare to tell her i would not do it myself when haworth returned at night he heard the particulars of the visit as he had known he should when french told him that it was his daughter's intention to call that day the beautifulest young lady my old eyes ever saw my dear his mother said again and again and to think of her coming to see me as if i'd been a lady like herself haworth spoke but little he seldom said much in these days he sat at the table drinking his after-dinner wine and putting a question now and then what did she say he asked she stopped to think perhaps it was me that said most she answered though i didn't think so then she asked a question or so and seemed to like to listen i was telling her what a son you'd been to me and how happy i was and how thankful i was she's not one that says much he said without looking up from the glass on which his eyes had been fixed that's her way she replied with a question put timidly you've knowed her a good bit i dare say my dear no uneasily a six month or so that's all but it's been long enough for her to find out what i said to her was true i didn't tell her what was new to her my dear i see that by her smile and the kind way she listened she's got a beautiful smile jem and a beautiful sweet face when they parted for the night he drew from his pocket a bank-note and handed it to her i've been thinking he said awkwardly that it would be in your line to give summat now and then to some of the poor lot that's so thick here there's plenty on em and perhaps it wouldn't be a bad thing there's not many that's fond o' giving let's set the gentry a fashion jem she said my dear there isn't nothing that would make me no happier nothing in the world it won't do over much good maybe he returned more than half on em don't deserve it but give it to em if you fancy for it i don't grudge it there were tears of joy in her eyes she took his hand and held it fondling it i might a knowed it she said and i don't deserve it for holding back and feeling a bit timid as i have done i've thought of it again and again when i've been a trifle lonesome with you away there's many a poor woman as is hard works that i might help and children too maybe me being so fond of em she drew nearer still and laid her hand on his arm i always was fond of em she said always and i've thought that sometimes my dear there might be little things here as i might help to care for and as would be fond of me if there was children she went on i should get used to it quick they'd take away the the bigness and make me forget it but he did not answer nor look at her though she felt his arm tremble i think they'd be fond o' me she said them and an her too whomsoever she might be she'd be a lady jem but she wouldn't mind my ways i dare say and i'd do my best with all my heart i'd welcome her and give up my place here to her joyful it's a place fitter for a lady such as she would be god bless her than for me and she patted his sleeve and bent her face that she might kiss his hand end of chapter twenty